Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. My name is Father Mike Demon, and I bring you greetings from Bishop Derek Jones, the Bishop of the Armed Forces for the Anglican Church in North America, and I invite you to pray with me. Come Holy Spirit, be the divine editor of this message, that while my word may be spoken, only your word may be heard. Amen. Amen. Receive. Receive. That's the operative word tonight. Receive. The beauty of principal feasts like this is that the liturgy does most of the preaching. Like we already heard a good bit of what we're doing tonight in the opening. So, you know, if you really, I almost want to say sit back, but that's not really, that's not really right. If you really engage, if you really observe, if you really lean in and interact with what's happening with an incarnational or sacramental perspective, you'll see this liturgy afresh. You'll see the Paschal story afresh. As feet are washed, your whole perspective will open afresh. So I invite you to notice new things tonight. Receive this old story anew. Our colleague prays this. That God may grant that we receive the Eucharist in thankful remembrance. Even to, receive it is, even to receive it in that kind of manner is a gift from God. His extravagant love for the church. We've been doing this like this in some manner for 2,000 some years now. And so tonight we begin our three-day journey through Christ's last days. The dark days of death that will lead us to the brightness of eternal life. And as you've heard by now, these, these distinct liturgies are one service. I mean, really, there will not be a dismissal tonight, tomorrow, even through to the Easter Vigil. This Paschal meal continues into Good Friday. So sure, we'll enter and exit the story. Life will go on. With this backdrop, the story will continue, though, as we come and go. But they are happening. These three holy days, the triduum... It commences with a meal. Commences with a meal. And then we follow it to the story of the cross, and we enter into death with Christ, and we await for what is coming. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> we will enact this through our motions, through foot washing, through eating, through stripping of the altar. Our worship is real, it's tangible, it's messy, even. God meets us here. In each other, in the liturgy, in Corpus Christi, through our bodies to our souls. Christ meets us at the core of who we are, and he loves us right there, where no one else can reach, where we hardly know even ourselves. God loves us there, right there. I think of St. Augustine, who says, God is nearer to us than our innermost being. As we worship with all of our senses tonight, even down to our feet, discern where God is moving you. With that in mind, I want you to carry three words tonight. They'll be more or less the three that will shape us. I already said the first one. What was the first one? Receive. Receive. Very good, very good. The second will be 
humility. And the third, betrayal. Receive, humility, betrayal. First, receive. Receive what? We receive a mandate. It is not Monday, Thursday, like my kids always you know, seem to say. It's Maundy Thursday, Latin. We retain the Latin here for mandatum, the mandate. Yes, we receive a mandate. We receive food, even the bread of angels, as the psalm said. We receive our washing. We are, as our feet connect us to the ground, we are washed right there. And we receive Christ's love. We receive service. We receive grace. We receive a mandate, a command. Do. Do. Do this in remembrance. Not only believe it, mentally assent. Yes, do that. Believe, right? But also live it out. Remember, this is key. This command comes from Christ and is sourced in his love for you. And for his church, it's a loving command. Do. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Make this real, really present. Share this love amongst yourselves. Receive my love in this way. Do. Do this. Now receive. It's not only passive. It's active also. Receive it. How so? It's a challenge to receive well. Our culture is so transactional. That somehow if we receive something, it, it must be reciprocated somehow. This sounds polite. It sounds proper, right? You know, she did something for me, so I must do that for her. I owe her now, right? Not so with God. Our response is part of the gift received. Look to Peter. He can't even handle Jesus' instructions for the foot washing. Wash all of me, Lord. He struggles to receive. I can relate to that. Whether it's an act of service or it's a compliment, receiving communicates a need. As the psalm critiques, they demanded food for their craving. This need communicates weakness. Our culture does not handle weakness very well. And so here we are with dirty feet that have probably walked a good bit already today, right? And then empty hands that are, if we're honest, full of other things. Now, it may be a loved one's hand, but usually it's a phone or it's food, or it's problems, and the hands are dirty too, I would imagine. So with dirty feet and empty, dirty hands, we contemplate the death of our beloved Savior, asking God to guide us while He suffers, so that our suffering may be redeemed. As St. John Chrysostom called it, this is the great condescension, that Jesus came down so that we might be raised up. Our body and our soul and also our joys and our sorrows, they might be raised to life everlasting to that place where all tears will be wiped away. We see him feed us with his very body. Again, the food of angels. We subsist on what give angels life. That we might become his body. We enter into his death where he tramples death down, death by death. But that's, that's coming. Different day. We must have hearts to receive this story, this truth, the truth. And that's part of our prayer. It's not a take. It's not a grasp. It's not steal. It's receive. Even set aside your understanding for a night. Later on, perhaps, just receive it. Understanding will follow. 
And remember from whom you receive it. Even more than what you receive. This God who delivered the Israelites out of bondage in haste. Our Jewish friends began Passover last night. All these stories of Jesus, the God who continues to work in the church. And we say believe, but that word, that word in so many languages, also means trust. More than trusting in some thing, trust in this someone. Receive the gift of trust from truth himself. Receive and trust. In order to do so, we must acknowledge humility. Humility. Thinking of ourselves rightly, as C.S. Lewis has said it. It's the best posture of our hearts as Christians, stemming from and flowing to gratitude. Humility allows us to recognize who God is, what he does, and from there we find out Christ in us and how he provokes us to holy humility. But we follow a bizarrely humble God. In Christ, our God, the Lord God, the Logos, in whom all things exist, we discover him as one who serves. From the foot washing to the giving of his body and blood in love to heal us, he serves. God is for us, and in his service we find perfect freedom. Receive that love humbly. In doing so, we serve each other, and we serve the world, because Jesus came as one who serves. So following, following him leads us necessarily into service. He gives a new commandment, a new mandatum. After all, do this in remembrance of me. That means the Eucharist. But the new commandment is love one another as I have loved you. He loves us to the very end. That we, as one who serves, do this in faith. Do this humbly to the end. He offers all he is. Let us receive that and offer that same to service to God's mission to redeem the world. Notice the contrary that Jesus presents. The kings of the Gentiles. Caesars. Emperors. Kings. Presidents, we might say. Politicians and other leaders who demand loyalty but do not serve anyone but themselves. The threat is there for the church. For the church, too, will be given authority. And Jesus tells these apostles, not so with you. And yet, it has been with us. The church has much to repent of in this. In history, certainly, but yet also today. And who the church follows on social issues or politics, settling for some incomplete justice or even a mockery of love. Holy Spirit, convict our hearts in this manner. Show us how the church has exerted authority and how it has aligned itself with authorities. We can all think of examples for ourselves. And usually it's them. It's them. Those others who follow the wrong candidate or emphasize the wrong issue. But let us look in the mirror on this. Instead of those seeking authority as kings over the Gentiles, let us receive Christ's love humbly. And let that humility guide us to the freedom of service where true authority is to be found. 
Sadly, the third word is betrayal. Betrayal. We are betrayers. We are betrayers. And we have been betrayed. We can relate to this, and Christ can also. The full range of human emotions and experience, the good times, but also the bad, even the harshness of betrayal. Jesus can relate to this. Like I said, let us have incarnational and sacramental perspective on this. Jesus knows what betrayal is. He has felt it. And yet, he still washes Judas' feet. Knowing the betrayal is at hand, he still comes as one who serves. He still goes to the garden to pray, Thy will be done. He still walks to the cross. He still offers up his life and prays forgiveness for his executors. He prays forgiveness over us. He offers us to receive. And often, we take, we claim, even reject. He calls us to humility, and we seek security, or pride, or power, or advantage. He invites us to service. And just like not only Judas, but Peter, and the rest of the twelve, we abandon, we deny we betray. We betray Christ's love. We betray each other. We betray the church. We betray our own selves. But also hear this. If you have ever been betrayed, you have a friend in Christ. If you've ever been betrayed, you have a friend in Christ. But in Holy Week here, we are Holy Week. We are laid bare. And from that, we enact the stripping of the altar. We need to be restored. And that restoration will come, and it starts with a washing. And first, we must pick up our cross and follow Jesus and be fed by his body. And so I invite you to offer up that betrayal to Christ for forgiveness, for healing, or both. Ask him to lead you into humility, to see yourself and things rightly. Ask him to give you a heart to receive, that you may do this in remembrance and love one another as he has loved us. Receive humility and betrayal as we footwash, as we receive the Eucharist, and as all is laid bare in the stripping of the altar. Behold what you are. And also, as St. Augustine also said, by his grace, become what you receive. Thanks be to God. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.